Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, good morning and welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. We are on episode 43 and today is going to be a totally different kind of experience. This is a little different format this week. I'm actually going to be coaching my guest in real time on this call. So you do not want to miss this. We're going to work through his struggle with romantic relationships. It was so incredible. His name is Kevin Chin, and he calls himself a bit of a digital alchemist. He really, he is just himself, and he is a free spirit in this world, and I love it. He is authentic in so many ways and was struggling to be authentic in his dating life and how that all fits together. So in this podcast, I am coaching with him and coaching him and working with him to have some new insights and understanding. And so you kind of get a bird's eye view of that process. And so I want to thank him for being vulnerable and allowing himself to be transparent and allowing you guys to have a look in on what's going on for him. He is 5'8". He says he's not that yoked. (laughs) He has a big heart, big soul, and a big aura, and that is so true. So enjoy this episode with Kevin Chin. I know you're going to get a lot out of it, and I can't wait for you to just kind of see his realizations at the end. It's a great episode. I loved it. Are you struggling with your sexual well-being? Are you often disappointed in your relationships? Do you have unrealistic expectations? Do you ever wonder if you are actually cut out for monogamy? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with a series of beliefs about sexuality and relationships. We call this the mono mindset. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Shouldn't I be satisfied? Content? Just be grateful? Well, you aren't alone. If this resonates with you, you are ready for the Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. In this 8-week program, you will learn How the mono mindset has set us up for failure in our relationships and in our emotional and sexual well-being. How the mono mindset keeps us from being truly authentic in our sexuality and relationships. How it keeps us small and gives us a false sense of security. Why we think of sexuality and anything related to sex as wrong or taboo. And how the mono mindset has invalidated your desires. 
Do you think to yourself, I want to fully enjoy my life and who I really am. I want real connections. I want to be able to be myself. I want to understand my body. I love who I am, but I don't seem to fit the mold. Maybe you've thought, I have always felt like a sexual deviant, but I'm actually a really good person. I don't understand. Well, many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought monogamy was the only way to be happy and enjoy a fulfilling sex life. I thought that non-monogamy is for people that have commitment issues, and I thought it was just a way to legally cheat on your partner. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. But what if you could deconstruct the mindset that is holding you back from exploring other options? Well, you can in my eight-week Breaking Free from Monogamy program. Take your life back and become a master of healthy relating and sexuality. Lose the shame and guilt you've been programmed to feel in order to conform. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. Learn to love yourself and your desires. Discover what is natural and ethical. Breaking Free from Monogamy, an eight-week program shifting the mono mindset for greater intimacy and sexual well-being. Do you want to choose monogamy confidently or explore other healthy models? This program is for you. Please go visit offers.kareenbedard.com to go take the free Is Monogamy Right For Me quiz and to enroll in the new Breaking Free From Monogamy 8-week program. That's offers.k-a-r-i-n-e-b-e-d-a-r-d.com. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, I have such a fun guest, Kevin Chin, and this has been a long time coming, hasn't it, Kevin? It's been a super long time coming and I'm fucking stoked to be here. I'm so happy to have you. And we've just spent like literally the last hour and a half uh, just talking about my He's been coaching me. It's been awesome. And so now we're just going to flip it around and and we're going to talk with him about what I do, which is exciting. And um, But Kevin, before we do that, I think you're going to entertain us a little bit with what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I started doing podcasts like this a couple of years ago. This is actually the first one I've done since surgery. So thank you for having me. Oh, Karine. awesome. Being so generous with your time, it is really nice to be able to just like sit and connect instead of like hop on the podcast, hop off the podcast, like a business <laughs> transaction. Um, but yeah, when I started doing these podcasts, it was always like, who are you? What do you do? All this kind of stuff. And I couldn't figure out a way that accurately describes who I am without sounding pretentious. And so I wrote some songs about like some philosophies that I embody. And so like, here's, uh, here's one of them that I hope uh, gives you guys an example of like who I am. So it goes like this. There's a bigger me inside this little me who's letting go of everything that riddled me, who's centered in the pond where it's rippling 
who's rooted in the present like a Christmas tree, who recognizes we create our own realities, who understands our minuscule compared to galaxies, who comprehends that everything is energy and every snowflake falls exactly where it's meant to be. Mentally, striving to crack the code of simplicity, eventually, give it all up and reach the felicity, entropy, giving our life a sense of integrity, let it be, heard it when Lenin said, just let it be, I want to be the future, I don't care about the past, I've collected every moment, stretched them out to make them last, every shot from every angle, every single passing glance, bottled up within our atmosphere to give this world a chance. Ah, that was awesome, I love it, and as a fellow musician, I appreciate that. Nice rhythm. It's great. That is really cool. I I had to close my eyes to listen because I really wanted to catch all those words. And it's beautiful. It really is. And it 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 has like you taking responsibility as well as you growing and being amazing in this world and using your full potential. So that's what I got from it. That's pretty much what I'm all about. The bar is definitely rooted in the present like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Okay. I want you to expound on that line because that one I was like, rooted oh in the present, rooted got it. Gifts under the tree. Presents. Rooted in the present. Like a Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Rooted in like that was very clever. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. Very clever. Okay. So a little bit. So I, I'm going to call you the digital alchemist because I don't know the rap. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I told you to tell me that. <laughs> so digital alchemist. And you asked me a question and I have this written at the top of, of my little page for you here. And it said, what's reality done for me lately? And yeah. I really want to kind of have that in the back of my mind and, and just keep thinking of that because it was really good. Um, and of course I'm hearing it in what's reality, what's reality done for me <laughs> done, done for me lately. Anyways, I can't think of how that, you know, it's all I'm thinking done for me lately. Anyways, maybe, maybe you're too young for that. I don't know. What's reality done for me lately? So, Awesome. I love that. And you've taken me through basically my own process. So let's flip it a little bit and and let's talk a little bit about um your life and kind of your experiences with relationships. So you said so obviously this podcast is a lot about normalizing ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, all that kind of thing. I want a safe open space to be able to talk about those things and talk about um I don't want people coming into this world from a, a a scarcity mindset or a scarcity energy because that often brings drama into this world into this world. And I don't see this world as something that's there to fill a void. That we do fill a void. But if the purpose is to go and fill a void and to just like, you know, go have sex with other people just to, you know, do something that makes you feel validated, then I feel like that's not enough of a reason. Like, what's your why? I want people to ask that. Why do I want what I want? And where does that come from? And that's exactly what you asked me about financial stuff earlier. So, um, stuff, huh? yeah. So isn't that interesting how, the, how I was just doing, going through your process going, mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. I never really thought about applying it to my finances and my emotional mindset towards money. Um, and you were just kind of helping me with that. So um, with your relationship, so right now, tell tell us where you're at sort of relationship-wise. Yeah, so currently, and then we can dive into the journey that got me here if, if yeah, you feel like it. Let's do uh, it. Currently, I am on... I would say day 34, it might be day 35 of a 60-day celibacy streak. So that's that's where I am currently. I am I am single and not mingling, consciously right. not mingling. <laughs> single and not mingling. Love it. Uh, so this is a conscious celibacy. And real quick, why did you choose that? Or is that going to be part of the story? Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and just bust that whole okay. one open. So basically, like, and I'm I'm just gonna we'll just tear the whole thing open real quick. So we don't have to go, Oh, well, before that, before that, (laughs) um, I was, I'm, I'm an only child. So I grew up alone for the most part. I'm Chinese and Irish shout out. If you understand what it's like to have Asian parents, that's a whole different podcast, but I grew up (laughs) in a household. My father's Chinese. Um, first, first born, like I'm a second generation Chinese immigrant, um, Yangtze river shit. And so I grew up in this space of like a lot of rigidity. Like I had to play tennis, I had to get good grades, I had to be this, that, and the other thing all the time. And when I was eight, my mother got diagnosed with breast cancer mm. and she survived. And she's been like 20 something years uh, cancer free, right? In remission. So yeah, big thanks. Thanks for asking. Like so grateful that she's happy and healthy and strong. Yay. But a big part of my like kind of transition from childhood into adolescence revolved around taking care of her, yeah. right? Like I would cook for her. I would provide emotional support. It's kind of like a big reason why this coaching thing came so naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of memories of like, like she would take baths for like days at a time. She was just so out of it from the chemo and stuff. And I would just like boil water and go like pour it in her bath and like talk to her and bring her books and we would we would had like our own little book club and stuff we would like sit in the bathroom and read together really be- really a beautiful thing and and uh, she introduced me to Eckhart Tolle like mm-hmm. uh, I don't actually think I started with the power now I think I started with new earth it's essentially the same teachings but she was afraid that she could die and I would be left with my father who's a very like I said like very 3d kind of guy mm-hmm. and she was like I want you to be like more conscious in case I don't make it out of this and yeah that was like kind of who I was around like age 10 and then when she got better I was in this space of like I don't even know what to do like I didn't have like a bunch of guy friends I didn't have I didn't have like social circles because I was always like you know focused on school focused on tennis I played tennis pretty seriously (laughs) uh, and focused on my mother and so at tennis camp, when I was like 12, I think I was in like seventh grade, um, this girl, we're going to name drop her. We'll, we'll do all the names. Fuck it. Um, her name is Jen Garcia, right? Shouts out <laughs> North High School. Um, but we were in middle school at the time. She was in eighth grade. I was a seventh grader. And she was like really popular. She sucked at tennis, but she was really popular in school. And she thought I was cute. And so she was like, oh, my God, Kevin's so cute. Like, da, 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 da. Because she thought I was cute. All the other girls followed suit right uh-huh. literally i went from like having no friends and no confidence and no identity whatsoever to being the guy that girls thought were cute was cute right and then 
after the tennis summer camp ended, we go back to school and it continues. Right. And then it like crosses over. And like, I don't know if I got cute or if it's just like, you know, a morphogenic field of this one girl thinking I'm cute, like made me cute in everybody else's eyes. But that became the thing. And from that moment forward up until uh, embarrassingly recently, um, I've been addicted to it. I've been addicted to attention from young women. Right. And so all, all through high school that developed more and more and more. Um, I started getting into drugs and alcohol and stuff. That's a whole another podcast too. Mm-hmm. Relationships, but like um, back then, let's call it age 19. I was in a space where I, you know, unfortunately would kind of use women as sex objects. Okay. Right. I had no respect for myself. So I was incapable of respecting anybody else. I had very low self-esteem and I tried to cover it with, you know, the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and people, I joined a fraternity when I went to college and my fraternity brothers praised me for it, right? The more girls that I could sleep with mm-hmm. more popular I became. So I was in the good graces of my brother mm-hmm. brothers and more women, like the more women I had sex with, the more women wanted to have sex with me. And so mm-hmm. I thought I was just killing the game. <laughs> Absolutely no awareness of like the damage I was doing to my own psyche, my own like spirituality. I remember I was like 24 when I first started working with a shaman and she talked about how like there's always an energetic exchange in sex. And I remember being like, what if you use a condom? <laughs> like, what if you, <laughs> you know, just ignorant shit? And she's like, dude, it's like sacred. It's like there's no greater bond that can happen between two people. And you're out running around out here doing it with people you just met, people who are on drugs while you're on drugs, like all this kind of shit. So very toxic relationship with myself, very toxic relationships as far as like romance and love um, and sex and all that kind of stuff. You know, the cheating, the lying, the breaking Mm -hmm. hearts, the getting heartbroken, like all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. up until about age 20. When I was 24, I had my first like serious relationship. Shouts out Mallory. Um, (laughs) We were still like doing drugs and stuff together, but it was like for the first time, like committed. And when I was 26, I ran away. I left California. I moved up to Seattle and I met this woman named Reagan. And Reagan is the first one that you actually Mallory's on my social, but like people who know me from coaching will see like Reagan on my socials. And like, that was the moment that everything changed for me. When I met her, I decided maybe I could actually do something with my life. Maybe I'm more than just this musician who bartends and makes music and does all these drugs and goes on these adventures and stuff. Maybe I can like stand for something. Maybe mm-hmm. I can design a vision and carry it out. Maybe I could start a family, right? Like maybe I'm worthy of love. And so that was about 26. I am going to date myself here. I'm 30 years old now. The last four years have basically been like my, you know, I kind of had like my spiritual awakening when I was like 10, but I had my like romantic relationship awakening very late in the game, like age like 26. Um, and so since then it's been an emotional roller coaster. We've tried monogamy, we've tried polyamory, I've dated foreign girls, I've dated uh single moms, I've dated girls who, you know, were just absolute reflections of me. I've dated girls who were absolutely nothing like me. You talked about how you you were raised evangelical Christian. Mm-hmm. I dated an evangelical Christian girl who was like <laughs> You have to convert. Like if you don't convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Equally yoked. 
um, all this kind of stuff. And so like, you know, OnlyFans girls, like <laughs> you name it, like I have like tried to make something work out of it. And, and like I said, since 26, like none of these have been one night stands. Like I haven't had a one night stand in a decade. I haven't had a relationship that I was like, I just want this for like the flesh and the, you know, a lot of it was lust for sure. I'm not going to act like it wasn't, but that was never my intention, right? Every single one of these relationships, you know, 30 plus, um, I have attempted to, you know, fall in love and proliferate like actual love and spread love and peace and joy and all this kind of stuff. And in every single one of these instances, it's blown up in my face. And so that's what brings me to uh, this celibacy streak. It's probably the sixth or seventh one I've done. It's not the very first one. And that's the stage set for like me being on this podcast, because as much as I do have a good relationship with, I think myself, it can always be better for sure. Um, with nutrition, with exercise, with sleep, with, uh, you know, drugs at this point, I've kicked everything with money, with spirituality, with God. I struggle with romantic relationships. And so that's what brings me here to you today, Kareen. I enjoyed my TED talk. Go. <laughs> no, it's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate your your vulnerability and your just letting us into your world a little bit because that can be a little bit scary. Um, so when, if, where should I start here? When you think about your relationships, like yourself, what is it that you're ultimately wanting at this point? So you you say you're kind of more spiritually awakened now, right? Um, you can answer these questions when it comes to wealth and money. I know you have no trouble answering these questions. Um, so when we take it to sort of a personal relationship you said you were looking for validation before. Now, if you were to describe why you would want a relationship, what what would be your reasoning for it? Yes, yeah, and this is we're we're already getting to the roots because it's so funny. Because I could tell you, fuck, and this is exactly what we just talked about with money a second ago. I was laughing because I'm like, you, it's dude. I can tell you exactly what I want, right? Like, I want somebody who's free, happy, kind, caring healthy, beautiful, financially independent, evolving, right? She's like sweet. She's nurturing. She's fun. Yeah. She's flirty. She's feminine. She's honest. <laughs> like we have healthy communication, like affectionate, well, like all this kind of stuff, right? Like I got the list down. I know exactly what she looks like. I know exactly what she feels like. And that's why I've been able to manifest her over and over and over. And you're, I never thought about like, why do I actually want this? That's dude, but my mind is blown right now. Okay. So let's, 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 uh, let's do some work. Um, why do I want this? I mean, previously, I think it was, I think it was like a certain level of validation. It's like, how are these people going to know how cool I am or how mm -hmm. attractive I am if I don't, you know, have somebody next to me, right? They're supposed to just connect the dots or am I supposed to have to constantly be like, you know, cause I'm like messaging girls on social media, constantly talking about business and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Am I supposed to have to constantly have that disclaimer? I think I, I think I used these women in my life as like a, almost like a trophy or like a shield, mm -hmm. you know, a, be a beautiful shield to like contain my own love and like let other people know that like, you know, 
I am loved or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is there something wrong with wanting validation from people? I mean, you know me, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as much as it's not really what I want. And so I'm, I'm focusing on a lower tier thing because yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, like what I really want is intimacy. I want connection. Mm -hmm. I want trust. I want someone I want someone I can grow with so that when we look back, it's like, holy shit. Like in the same way that I've looked back and I'm like, yeah, damn, like look how far I've come. I feel like to be able to do that with a romantic partner would just be like exponentially even more beautiful. Like, Look how far you've come. Look how far I've come. Look how far mm -hmm. we've come. Remember when we did this? Remember when we did that? And it's not just like me and my journal. Like, congratulations, Kevin. You really made a lot of change. This year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think like I'm going to go back to that question because – so I'll just let you in a little bit on why I might be asking this question, but you had talked to me before about shame and guilt and sort of shaming different thoughts and things like that. So on that same track, this is like, I'm all about kicking shame and guilt to the curb. That's in one of my bios. Right. Um, so like wanting validation and enjoying validation and needing validation, is that inherently wrong? No. Fuck no. No. And we are human, right? So let's just eliminate that desire. Let's put it in the desire category. Okay. okay. So it's validation is a desire. Validation. But I have this feeling that, you know, as long as I'm wanting validation, that's what I'm going to get. But what I really want subconsciously is something deeper. And so then I keep getting the validation and then it keeps yes. not working out. Okay. So let's just think of diet for a second. Okay. So if you are on a diet and you can't have certain things and you're depriving yourself of something, what are you going to focus on? The absence of that thing that you want. Right. You're going to focus on the thing that you're not supposed to have. And it's going to feel like it's forbidden. It's going to feel like you're obsessed with that. And now that becomes the focus of your energy and your time. So what I'm doing right now is I am releasing you from validation being forbidden. Thank you so much. <laughs> So when validation is no longer a quote unquote bad thing or wrong, now it's just another piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's you can add it to the list of wants and desires. Mm -hmm. Just like you're very clear on your list, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can go through that whole list and go, well, why do I want that or whatever? But at the end of the day, everything that you want is valid and doesn't need any kind of shaming. You don't have to justify why, really, why you need anything, why you want it. You could just be, because I like that. 
So let's go a little deeper into, say, uh, sexual desires. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, kinks or sexual desires or something that is like so forbidden, like, oh, having sex with more than one person at the same time (laughs) or or while you're in a relationship, you know? So let's look at that forbidden thing. And is there something inherently wrong with that? No, definitely not. Now, if you see it as wrong, and if you see it as that something you shouldn't do, what's your energy going to be like when you're doing the thing? Like deviant. Deviant's like, not necessarily a bad word. I had a podcast about that. Well, I deviant would, yeah, just means different, right? Yeah, I would, I would say that my energy would be like, like if I think it's bad, then I'm going to feel guilty while I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. So the rebellious streak, right? When you're saying deviant, I think that's what you were referring yeah. to, right? So a little bit devious and, um, you know, rebellious. But if you take away any shame having to do with that what does the energy become hot right and can that now be a sacred experience yeah totally okay so Part of what I do is like really learning to be conscious about what we choose and why and careful about what the stories are that we tell ourselves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which again, you've just done this with me prior to this, which is why I was laughing the whole time going, oh, wait till till I get to you. (laughs) Um, So when we go, when we go through the list of things we recognize that that we have this programming that tells us we're not allowed to want certain things. So what might some of those things be just in our culture in general? Um, well, definitely like, like polyamory is pretty like widely regarded as taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a, there's a big, and I'm not even weighing in like my own personal opinions on this yet, but like prostitution and now like pornography slash, you know, like sex camps and stuff is like very, people are very divided because some people are like, dude, this is my livelihood. This is the oldest profession there ever was. And some people are like, you are, you know, dirty and lowering your own value and da 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 da, da kind of stuff. So poly, prostitution. I mean, sex in general is like such yeah. a crazy, Because it's like, it's like we're taught that we're nothing without it, but that it's like, it's still like forbidden. Mm -hmm. It has to be done behind closed doors. And again, I'm not advocating like public sex or anything, but you know, it's like (laughs) energetically, it's like behind closed doors, you know, it's like, don't talk about it. But like, if you're not having it, like you're less. Yeah. And what's interesting is that I said this a lot to people. It's like sex is the thing that you kind of gauge the health of a relationship or the health of the marriage or the health of things 
yet it's the the one thing that we don't talk about or that we can't really talk about. And then let's look at too, like, okay, in marketing, what is the thing that sells the most? Sex. But then we're wrong for wanting it. Yeah. Like yeah, it, yeah. it's so backwards, you know? So society says, oh, shame, shame, shame on you for wanting that. And then they turn around in the next breath and they're like, oh, put it in your marketing because you're going to make a lot of money using that. We're going to mm-hmm. cater to, you know, our weaknesses and things like that. And so as, as, as soon as you make something a weakness or or shameful or forbidden or whatever, that's what we think about. Okay, so let's take the example of pornography. We, we mentioned that before. Okay, so the Christian husband who's supposed to be loyal to his wife and whatever, and now he has a porn addiction. How does that happen? Mm, deviance. A, a, a wanting to go, wanting to go outside of. But even before that, what was he told? Like he's told that it's not okay. And so then it's like the rebellious. He was told he can't look at porn. You can't look at porn. Porn's wrong. Porn is sinful. So what does he do? <laughs> he thinks about porn. He thinks about porn and that he shouldn't be thinking about porn, which makes him think more about porn, which now he's curious. And now he wants to see what the porn is. And then he gets a little bit excited by the porn and oh it's such a bad thing and now i've got to like repent for it and now i've got to hide it because if i get found out then it's really bad and so now i'm going to be obsessing about it and about not getting found out and now i'm going to start to be secretive about it now i'm going to be so obsessed about it i'm going to start thinking of ways i can get away from my family so i can go watch or stay up late at night and hope that my wife and I'm going to disconnect from her so that she's not aware of what's happening. Do you see what's happening here? It's a cycle. Okay. The same pattern happens with alcohol. You're, you brought up being told alcohol is bad. Be careful not to have too much. You're going to, a drunk is a bad thing, blah, 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 blah. That message gets ingrained. That person has a drink. Oh, now they're having a drink after work because it helps them relax. But now they're having guilt about, the fact that they're doing that and now it's something they can't stop thinking about. It gets worse and worse and worse secret cycle. So it's the shame cycle. And you can apply the shame cycle to any addiction. You just change what the thing is that's forbidden. And mm-hmm. it becomes a shame cycle. Drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is, as soon as it's out of balance and it becomes something that's forbidden and shamed, we now are focused on it as something that we shouldn't be doing. Just like I was focused on not having a scarcity mindset. Don't have the scarcity mindset. Don't have the scarcity mindset. Oh, now I'm thinking about the scarcity mindset. I'm not in my highest vibration. Ah, 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 right? You don't think about a pink elephant. Right. What are you thinking about? Fucking pink elephant, right? Way to go. Now I'm thinking of a pink elephant. Anyways, but you get the point, right? So- there are so many messages that we have. There's so many stories that we've been told. As a child, well, you live in California. You're very close to Disney, right? We used to go to Disneyland all the time as a child. Right? And I did too. And what's the message that a girl is getting or that a boy is getting? Save the princess. Save the princess. That's your message, right? Be the hero. Save the princess. Have her swoon and see you with starry eyes. Well, as the princess, I'm told 
give up anything and everything that you possibly would want because the prince is going to take care of you and you don't really need what you want. So um, Ariel gives up her mermaid tail for legs so she can be with this prince that she doesn't even really know. (laughs) She gives up her whole family, everything she knows, she gives up the water for this unknown. Why? Because that's that's how love is portrayed and happily ever after. So we have these ideas, these beliefs about what love should look like. And there's a lot of self-sacrifice built into that programming. And I call this default programming the mono mindset. Mm. So whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, we still all have the mono mindset. And we are trained to think one person forever. You find your soulmate. Your partner will fulfill your needs. You need to find the one. You need to be the one. Mm-hmm. So at all costs, you give up, which you, you've got to be the person that you think that they're looking for. Fuck mm-hmm. in yourself. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. Wait a second. If you're on a date, you get to be the shopper. <laughs> you're not the window candy. <laughs> Right? Like you're not there to make, to hope and pray that they actually choose you and want you. You get to go into the date going, do I actually want them? Do I even like what they bring to the table? And that's both parties, regardless of gender. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter. You get to come to any kind of encounter. I mean, we do it with friendships all the time, right? Like you're not going to go pick friends that you don't get along with. You're not going to bend over backwards just to have your friend, unless you're very insecure with who you are. Then you're going to choose the friends that, like your your experience when you first went back to school and had this one girl like you, and that became your persona and how you got attention, right? So that became very fulfilling because it was a void. You didn't you didn't trust yourself. You didn't feel that you were enough. Hundred percent. Right. So if you don't feel like you're enough, you're you're in the window you're hoping to be chosen. You're like that puppy that's for sale. Please pick me, please pick me, right? Instead of the shopper that's like, well, I actually don't really like your energy. I don't really want to be around you. So I'm going to move on and find someone else that I connect with and that I really deeply value. And there's nothing wrong with that when we're talking about friends, but all of a sudden there's such a scarcity and and desperation when we're thinking of dating that all the rules of regular interactions goes out the window because now we're hyper-focused on finding the one. And is this going to be forever? We're not objective at all. We can't be. And we We end up dating like a projection instead of like a person. Mm -hmm. And so now you're worried about who you are, if you're saying the right things, if you're coming. But like, if you come with the energy of, I know who I am and I know who I attract and I know that the people that I'm meant to be around, I feel calm in my body with. I'm not going to be all nervous and not know what to say. And I can just be and interact. When I find that, then it's worth investing my time and in, in following that through. And I don't need to know, what, are they going to call me back? Are they going to Because when you have a connection with someone, and you don't feel the pressure of labeling it or making it your person forever, 
then you can approach it very, very, very differently. And for an example, go human ahead. To human instead of like, like you said, the mono mode. Like this, this has to be my person, my partner, my whatever, instead of like, because like, then it's inherently ego involved. Right. This is mine. Exactly. Of- and there's that concept of ownership, right? It's like, and that's where jealousy comes in too. It's like, well, that's, that person's mine. You can't flirt with them because they're mine and their attention can't be diverted. Also, that puts a whole lot of pressure on one person to fulfill your needs. And it's a lot of pressure on you to fulfill their needs. So you, now you have to have all of your list filled in one person. And that's almost impossible to find. Mm-hmm. But we're taught it exists. It rarely exists. And so we're told, uh, excuse me. So we're told on one hand, um, don't sell yourself short. And then on the other hand, you're asking for too much. <laughs> There's a lot of conflicting messaging for sure. Right. But okay, let's just take a look at, I'm just going to give you a, a little scenario from my own life. Okay. So I'm in a relationship that I absolutely love and I, I feel very content and happy. Um, right. But okay. So then I, I meet other people. And people come into my life. I get to know them. I talk with them. And there's no stress or need to make something happen with them. Because I'm content with who I am. I only have so much time. I don't have to label this. It doesn't have to be a thing. So one of the beauties of of non-monogamy to me is this idea that Everybody is sort of in a friendship category, but those friendships can develop to whatever level they naturally become. Okay. So in other words, I just met you, but I don't feel the need to filter what I say because maybe you're going to read me wrong or this or that. Like I could just be myself and it can naturally progress to whatever a friendship would look like. And I don't have to worry, is this physical or not? Are they, am I sexually attracted to this person or not or whatever? That doesn't have to be what I'm focused on because for me, connection is what is most important to me. Seeing and, people is Right? So when I connect deeply with someone, that is highly fulfilling to me. It's highly validating, but not because I'm seeking validation. It's because I'm just seeking connection to be one with another human, but not the one, not the only one. So I'm not limiting the possibilities. I'm not limiting where love can come from. I'm not limiting what it can look like. I'm I'm hearing myself say this. <laughs> I'm going back to our earlier conversation about money, you know, manifesting money or anything. It's anything that we want in our lives. It doesn't have to look a certain way. We can't limit it. As soon as we put anything in a box, we limit our ability to receive that because it has no other potential. Yeah, fuck yeah. And this has been such an eye-opening moment for me because like I was doing the exact opposite. I, I touched on it a little bit previously, but like these last couple of relationships that I've been in over the last year or so, it ha- it's, there's been like such a like mine, my person, like 
you know, let's gear up to have kids together and start a family. And you're going to support me while I, you know, build this business. And I'm going to make so much money that I can pay for to take us around the world all the time and Mm -hmm. with our children and all this kind of stuff. And it is like an immense amount of pressure. I mean, I thrive under pressure. Like you heard my story before. I grew up in a Chinese household. I love it. Mm -hmm. Like I put so much pressure on these women to like be everything on that list that I rattled off earlier instead of seeing them for who they were. And then, you know, maybe I never even would have labeled them as like girlfriend if I like really got to know them. But I was so quick to be like, yep, you're the one. Let's let's get the show on the road. Mm hmm. Uh, every, everything that you just shared is like really was, was going to change my whole dating game for sure already. Oh, nice. <laughs> so let's just let's just move that forward a little bit. And so in in my program, we do we take a look at what the mono mindset is and then how it affects our thinking and affects the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Like we have to do this or, or we haven't succeeded or we're not valid or this or that. We have all these stories. Um, sex is sacred. So that means I have to be very, very careful with what, well, something being sacred to you is how you approach it. Mm -hmm. It's how your energy is. So I can exchange my energy with multiple people and it's still sacred. 100%. I'm much more selective of the people. It's about being, when something's sacred, it means we need to put more conscious care into it. Yeah. Not set more rules around it. Yeah. And the other thing is, okay, so I'm also in the swinging world. So I'm polyamorous, but I'm also a swinger, which is much more about sex and sometimes casual interactions and things like that. And there are time, there's a time and a place for sex to just be fun. It's, I actually call it, say it's like a game of tennis a lot of times. So let's just use that analogy (laughs) since that will work for you, right? Like, you can go have sex and it can be like a game of tennis. You don't you don't put all your self-worth into this game of tennis. You're going to have fun. You're exercising, you're burning. Excellent point too, because I do put all my self-worth into every game of tennis that I play. Yeah, I just (laughs) just say all sorts of I'm so intense about all this stuff. But again, is that something that is wrong to have this intensity? Yeah, I don't think it's wrong, but it's not necessarily serving me. So what's the reframe on that then? The reframe is I get to I get to dial in the intensity consciously. Yeah. In everything that I do. It doesn't have to be a certain level of intensity for a certain thing. For it to count. For it to count, yeah. For me to be valuable. I don't have to win the match. Right. So going out and enjoying it and having fun and exerting energy and connecting with with someone else in doing something that they also enjoy is also valuable and valid. Yeah, fuck yeah. So we can apply that to anything, especially in relationships. So every sexual encounter to me, I have the right to say no, and I listen to my body now. There was a time when I felt like I'd be letting them down. The last the the interview I just had, so last week's podcast, that's what it'll be. Um we talked about saying no. Oh, she said such a beautiful thing. I love it. Um, okay. When someone says no to you, to say thank you for looking after yourself. 
Hell yeah. Like what an awesome reframe that is. You know, thank you for honoring who you are and saying no. And then I added, before you get to a situation where you're going to say no or you might say no, to reframe that no as it's not personal. Yeah. It is totally. is about honoring myself. It's not about not wanting something from you or or something being wrong with you. So if we can reframe what no means, no becomes very powerful. And now we can make super conscious choices in every interaction, sexual or not. So let's take it to casual sex. Okay, you want a threesome. I happen to like threesomes with two guys. That's something I enjoy. It's also something my partner enjoys. So when I have sex one-on-one with someone, I really, to me, my rules are if I can't have an intelligent conversation with you and if I can't cuddle with you, if I don't feel safe enough to cuddle with you, then I'm not going to have sex with you. Sounds like a pretty good boundary. And that's what I've come to realize that that's what works well for me. And I have no shame about saying that anymore. You just might not be my people if that's not what you want. If you don't enjoy cuddling, I've had years of that where someone didn't want to cuddle. I'm not going to do that because that's super valuable to me, valuable to me. And it's my energy I'm deciding to give. So I get to incorporate the things that light me up. Mm -hmm. It's my choice, right? And there's plenty of people on any side. You just get to be empowered and come to it with with a, a, a fuck yeah, this is what I want and this is what I'm okay with asking for. And this is what I'm okay saying no to. If you just want casual sex with me, then that's not really my game. I don't have time for that. I don't really want to invest in that. I'm good. I have what I need. I don't really need more. If that's something you want, then own it. Fucking own it. I just want to have a casual experience and just fucking have fun. I want to go play tennis right now, right? You can do that and you can have a sacred experience doing that because you're aligned and you're doing what feels good to you and what you are conscious of, right? You're creating your design. (laughs) You're designing your life. You're designing your relationship style. So let's go back to the threesome. Let's go back to that scenario. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, I'm making you talk about threesomes, Kevin. Okay. You didn't know it was going to be this kind of podcast. Anyways. (laughs) I was hoping it was this kind of podcast. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So for me, two guys, my partner, if I'm with my partner, so I have my my main partner and that's what I choose right now. We live two hours apart and that is a big time commitment for the amount of driving I have to do and all that. And I want to be intentional about that two hours that I go spend or that two hour drive that I go see him every other week. So when I'm with him, my focus is more on him. If we have a threesome, I and perfectly happy feeling safe with him, like him providing the safety and the cuddling and the the mental connection. I don't need that from the other person. So I can go into fantasy mode there and I can, I don't have to know that person really well. In fact, we could be at a sex club and there could be, you know, some single men wandering around kind of watching the show and I'm okay with him pulling someone in or me sort of choosing someone and then him, you know, like I trust his energy. I trust his ability to read people and to keep me safe. And so 
I can have sex with a random person, it can still be a, a, a sacred experience. Oh, yeah. Because I'm consciously allowing that. Now the purpose is for fantasy and play and and just fulfilling a, a completely different part. And it can be hugely erotic and fun and lighthearted, right? So again, you get to create the scenarios that you want. You get to create the design that you want and the style that you want. Love it. And if you don't create it, then like you're always going to be at the mercy of other people's creations feeling like, exactly. what the fuck are my boundaries here? Exactly. So let's just go real quick because we don't have much time left. Um, so I'm a sex positive relationship designer. And a damn okay? good one. <laughs> Thank you. So that's what I say. I'm the, the sex positive relationship designer. And my job is to think of it like how we would design our homes. So we think nothing about redesigning our homes. It's time oh, we want new colors on the, the style has changed. We want new furniture. We want new paint colors. We want maybe take some walls down if we've been there a while or whatever. No one would expect me who got married at 22 to 25 years later having this same house that looks identical and I've never made a change. Wait, I'm sorry. I got to I got to stop you there. <laughs> I'm not a math major, but did you just say you're 47 years old? Yes. You look incredible. <laughs> Thank you. What the fuck are you doing with your skin? That's <laughs> fucking nuts, dude. We got to do a second episode of this. You give me your skincare routine. You're God. like, what? <laughs> That's wild. I thought we were like roughly the same age. Surprise. My kid. <laughs> so my oldest daughter is 21. That I don't even believe you. <laughs> and he's young at heart, right? If you're living aligned, we're just going to go with that, right? <laughs> I probably have some good genetics too, but no, I have used Mary Kay my whole life. We'll talk about that in the other podcast. How's that? You're doing, you're doing something right. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. But back to the house. No one would expect me to have the same house, the same furniture. I wouldn't be judged for wanting a new couch, changing the carpet, changing the floor. I would probably be praised for that. Oh, that's so exciting. But if you were to do that with your relationship, your marriage, this like forever relationship, you signed a contract. You can't break that contract. You can't make a change to it. Well, just like redesigning a home, we can renegotiate the terms of any relationship we have. And I feel like it would be so much better if we had like a five-year marriage rather than a forever marriage. Like every five years, you'd have to renegotiate and re-sign the contract. Like how much we'd be on much better behavior and not take people for granted if that was the case. But it's like, if you own someone and they can't go anywhere, then you're going to take them for granted. You're going to mm -hmm. resent them if they don't do the things that they're supposed to be doing, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, that's you a whole different... You can change it. Right? You can, you can... Anyways, so what I do with people is I go, okay, a designer is going to ask you, well, what do you want to do with your home? What, what are you going to do, use your home for? What do you enjoy? Do you enjoy throwing parties? Do you want an open concept? Do you want closed small rooms, intimate rooms? You get to choose what it is that you want. And if we need to structurally change things, we can. And we do that before we choose the colors and the paints, before we drywall, before we put the new floors in, right? So 
we have to make all these choices. And for me, it's like my my paint fan is like all the styles, all the relationship styles that are available, all the negotiations you can have. It's this big palette of choices. And you get to put your design together. As a designer, I'm not going to come in and go, well, I think you should have this, 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 and that's what we're doing. No, I'm going to have some sort of evaluation with you and go, okay, well, what's important to you? What do you want to use this space for? What kind of styles do you like? And try to make some sort of merging of the two people. Maybe they one likes Victorian, one likes modern. Well, what do you do with that? Somehow there is a way to merge those two things together. And that's the designer's job is to kind of make that work. So that's my job is to help you renegotiate your relationship and come up with a plan that works for you, something that would make you feel aligned and uplifted and powerful and energetic coming into that whole process. That's such a beautiful description. And this feels like a beautiful moment because I feel like I just saw a commercial and I really liked the product, but I'm like already in the commercial and I... Can I, can I have, can we do this? Can we map out a platform so that I can be myself in these relationships and also make these women that I date feel like it's safe for them to be themselves? Yes. And it goes right along with what you were saying. Like you love to caretake and, and, and be loving and kind and like what you did for your mom that's in you, right? Like, and you totally can do that. So interestingly enough, I talked about this a few weeks ago on the Kink podcast, um, and I talked about how my my boyfriend and I have like a daddy daughter kink sort of dynamic every once in a while. Okay, and she was kind of going into more detail about his sort of why he likes to be the daddy and and just that whole dynamic, she kind of unwrapped that a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. He's so empathetic. He's such a connector. He's so loving and he's so caring that he likes to care for people. And it's not him like trying to control me or own me as much as it's him wanting to make sure I'm safe and dote on me and do the things that make. So we now have this dynamic that that fits into that we can, we can play that out, but it doesn't have to be, I don't have to be like subversive and be a child all the time. I get to, I get to be a little girl every once in a while and get out of this entrepreneur stressful world I get to be little, I get to color, I get to just be in his arms and be held and taken care of. And, you know, sometimes he'll brush my hair or he'll, you know, he'll, he just takes care of me. And I let him because it's an honor for him to get to do that. It's a chance for him to be that. And I could be like, oh, well, you're trying to control me and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. And I would be completely missing his true essence if I was so closed off to that, you know, and part of finding your people and, and being open to what the connections can look like, is just taking off the ideas that we've been taught and, and realizing that even if you don't agree with, you, you don't have to agree with like a daddy daughter kind of situation, but you can, be okay with fantasy and not judge yourself for that. And then you can let it be a really beautiful expression of some pieces of you that don't get to come out very often. 
And so kink can be this beautifully safe place to express these deviant sides of yourself, in quotes, right? These things that aren't acceptable. And it's such a beautiful community. So there's something for everyone. There's something that can be molded into to put in into your plan of what you want and and it can be amazing hell yeah that's yeah the way that you speak about this stuff really like brings it to life too this element of society that's seen as like a shadow like Mm. when it's taboo it's like kept kept in the closet kept behind closed doors and the way that you speak about it is very like both artistic and scientific of just like this is Mm. the way this is why it's beneficial for us and like, whenever you guys are ready to wake the fuck up, like we're here. <laughs> it's not pie in the sky to me. Just like you creating wealth and alchemizing that and, and drawing wealth to yourself so easily, that it's like a no brainer to you. It just makes sense. And that's what this is to me. It's like, well, it just makes sense to live in my authenticity and my power because I don't want to be anything less than that. So we just have to normalize being rich as hell and weird as fuck. Exactly. That's a perfect way to end. <laughs> Fist pump in there. Yes. Awesome. Oh, man. This is great. Kevin, I, we're definitely going to do a part two because I want to keep it's going with this. This is great. awesome. Um, can you do you have anything that you any revelations, any insights, anything that came to you? Big aha moments or just anything you want to share before we we go? Yeah, definite aha moments for me throughout this podcast have been like really just allowing myself to allowing myself to be myself and want what I want without trying to make myself want what society tells me I should want or what other people have told me that they wanted or like all these like letting go of all this. I I picture like a swarm of flies around my head that are just like I'm trying to like grasp at them and it's just like letting all those go, deciding what I want for me, broadcasting that energy as such, and then just being patient until somebody who's actually in alignment with that shows up rather than finding somebody who looks like they might be and then pushing them in the direction that I want them to go mm-hmm. for like their path. So, And what you'll, excuse me, and what you'll notice is that you're no longer afraid to make a connection that could lead to that because making the connection isn't do or die yeah yeah it just is a connection and then you can see where that goes and the fear is gone it's it's a light joyful (laughs) way to live you know and i just my community and the people that i hang out with it's like it's a breath of fresh air i don't have to filter anything that comes out of my mouth i don't have to hide who I am. I could dress sexy and I'm not looked down upon for that. That's an empowering thing in my world. You know, I get to be all the things that have never been okay in the world for me to be. I look like the girl next door. I don't look like this like sexy runway model that is going to go, you know, model lingerie. That's not who I am. But you know what? I fucking kill it because I, I take that energy and i can be anything i want right and i don't have to fit in a box when you said girl next door i thought about that it's like that hollywood film that's like the girl next door where she is like a porn star and she's the girl <laughs> next door, and it's like 
you'd be surprised. There's a lot of us that just look like, you know, average, normal girls. And little do they know what this girl has, um, yeah, is totally cool with. There's so There's so many facets to me. But that's the beautiful thing is that I don't have to. I don't have to hide that side of myself and I get to be authentic with who I am. And you won't be put in a box. Nope. Nope. Um, Kevin, we didn't talk a lot about what you do. Um, but I would like to give you the opportunity to share any links that you want. If you want people to come and see what you do, I'm just going to do a little plug for you because you spent an hour and a half before, um, and, we created a private podcast for myself so I can listen to it and learn on a regular basis. Um, just of all the insights you had, which is basically what we've been talking about for you, but you flipped it around um, and took me through sort of my mindset about money and wealth and, and creating wealth because it is really hard to shift that, especially when you're slugging it through your business. And um, sometimes it's hard to see the horizon when you're drowning. <laughs> You know, and so you really helped. You gave me a life raft, and you helped me get out of the water to to be able to process and go, oh, is that wrong, or am I using language that is is difficult, that is is causing me to stay in stay small and to be small minded and to think in a different way. And so you were able to bring that to light. So I do want to give you the opportunity to share with yeah, my fuck audience. yeah. So I think that healing is the most important work. I think that when we heal ourselves, we heal each other, we heal the collective, we raise the vibration, we come back more into our natural state of freedom and abundance and just consciousness, right? Unity consciousness has always been the name of the game for me from a very early. To continue your analogy, I like to think, I like to make things really simple. That's like my whole goal here is to make things simpler than anyone has ever made them before. And so like with the lifeboat analogy, that's fantastic that that's the way that you felt over the last, you know, the the 90 minutes that we were able to spend together so far. I like to think that the deeper work that I do with my clients over the course of 12 weeks looks more like standing up, realizing that you were never in an ocean at all and that you were in a kiddie pool and that it's okay to stand up, that you're bigger oh, than you I think. Like that. Things are stronger than you think they were and that like you have so much power, so much more power than you realize you had. And all of your external circumstances were created by you at some level and that when we take that responsibility back, we realize that we create our own realities and that whatever we choose to create, we are capable of creating. And so I choose to work with healers because, like I said, I think that healing is the most important work. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. sharing that. I feel like we're very aligned on all of this. And it's funny, just to go back to it, like we met in the High Net Connect group. Shouts out. And literally, with Liz Bateson, she's amazing. Ask us about joining this group if you would like. And um, the there was a conversation that was happening, and I don't know. I did I ask for a podcast guest? I don't know. I think it was like one of those last minutes. I was like had a week, and I was like, oh shoot, I don't have a get. I don't have an interview for this week or whatever. And um, so I was asking people if they'd be willing, and you jumped in right away, and you hardly knew anything, but it's like. We've been sort of off and on connecting just little by little, but every interaction has just felt really normal and natural and not ever awkward or whatever. And and that's what I mean about like your people just really 
just come out of the woodwork when you allow it, right? And that's the kind of connections. Like my world is full of people like this, like this, every, everybody in my world, I've, I have this kind of easy connection with. It's just, that's just what it is. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, I accept nothing less because I don't expect anything less. And there we go. I just spoke to myself again. Let's get out of here, Corinne. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, okay. I look forward to episode two, going over more of like a, a blueprint for my dating life. Yeah, for sure. Yay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Have an amazing, well, evening because it's it's earlier there for you. So lots of love. So great to meet you. And we'll mm -hmm. talk soon. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Talk to you later. I am literally buzzing in my whole body from this conversation, this session with Kevin. He was so amazing, vulnerable, allowed us to really see what's going on for him. And hopefully this can help you come to so many amazing realizations. Kevin, thank you. I had so much fun just picking your brain like you picked mine for the hour and a half before we started. And we just have to apply the same concepts when it, when we look at relationships as well. It's no different than than other areas of our life. It's about knowing what it is that we want and not shaming ourselves for that and really reaching for the stars in essence without shame and, and saying, no, it's okay. I can have the things that I want and I can pursue those things without pressure and without making it happen. I can invite people into my life without forcing them to be something that they're not. And when you show up authentically in your true power and who you are, you magnetize the kinds of people that you want in your life, essentially you become a magnet and you get to find people that are aligned with your, your soul really without even trying because you don't have room for the things that don't align for you. You're not even attracted to those people and you don't really entertain the idea of trying to make it work anymore. It's a whole different mindset, a whole different energy. So thank you for coming along on this ride with us and look forward to part two where we're going to give him the blueprint of how to design his relationship and what kinds of things he wants to build into his design so he can go forward and just be really clear and aligned on his decisions. Thank you for coming. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have an amazing week. Love you. Mwah. Remember that if you are struggling with figuring out what you actually want in your relationship or what your desires are and fantasies are, maybe what you're allowed to want and need and desire in your relationships, then maybe it's time for you to go take the quiz. It's absolutely free. So don't be like Kevin where 
he was shaming himself for certain things and struggling with how he viewed romantic relationships and kind of what he was told they were supposed to be and how to meet that need for a relationship. Don't be like that. Get ahead of the game. Go take the quiz and see what that reveals for you. We all struggle in our relationships at some point or another. We struggle with knowing what it is that we want and what we desire. And then we really struggle with how to communicate that or how to express that to our potential partner or our current partner that we have because we don't feel like we're allowed to have that. Well, I want to set you free as well. Go take the quiz. Enjoy learning about yourself. And if you do it with your partner, uh, have your partner do it as well. Make it a date night and discover together what it is that you're open to. So go have fun. Take the quiz. It's free. And I will see you on the other side after you take this quiz and find out what your results are. So go to offers.kareenbedard.com to take the quiz. Go do it now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.